So I'm Steve, and uh, Pastor Dave has written a sermon he'd like me to deliver. Um, he said he thought it wouldn't be too long, but with my edits, it's, no, I'm just kidding, no edits. So the uh, sermon is about relationship, and if you look at that chair over there, you all see that? I know I'm kind of big. Um, so that's like uh, God. And this is like us. So this is what relationship with God looks like. This is what relationship with God feels like. God is way over there. <clears throat> we are far away, distant, removed. We'd sure like to be over there, but have no idea how to make it happen. In fact, sometimes we have a sense that this is how it should be. We want to be over there, but we have a sense that we shouldn't be over there, that we don't belong where he is. This is where the people of God find themselves in Exodus 19. This is, if we are honest, how we feel sometimes. We don't mean to get here. We don't want to be here we don't even know how to get here or how we got here, but we are here. For the people of God in Exodus 19, this is how they feel. Put yourselves in their shoes. You've been slaves for 400 years in Egypt. 400 oppressive slave labor-filled years. You tend to forget a few things about God in that scenario. Then you saw God do miracle after miracle after gigantic miracle to set you free. He clearly loves you, wants you to be free. Then you get to the mountain, you see and experience a God that feels a bit scary and unapproachable. Exodus 19.6. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightning and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast, so that all the people in the camp trembled. Exodus 19, 19, 18, 19 verse. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. Exodus 20:18. After the Ten Commandments are given, now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled. And they stood far off. Fear. Distance. This fear is what God had commanded. Three times in a mere 11 verses, God says, don't come near. Don't even touch. Exodus 19.12. And you shall set limits for the people all around, saying, take care not to go into the mountain or touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. Exodus 19.21. And the Lord said to Moses, go down and warn people, lest they break through to the Lord and look, and many of them perish. Exodus 19, verse 23. And Moses said to the Lord, the people cannot come up 
to the Mount Sinai, for you yourself warned us, saying, set limits around the mountain and consecrate. The people of God experienced distance from God because of what they saw. They're living with this distance because of what they heard God command. Their relationship with God is made of fear and distance. You are certain that he loves you. He used his great might, his great power to free you from slavery, to give you freedom. But even though he loves you, you would better keep your distance. So sometimes we feel like this. Our sin and awareness of how good God is makes us feel this distance. Prayers that, from our perspective, go unanswered make us feel this distance. Distracted hearts and minds and eyes, hearts and minds and eyes that are focused on ourselves and this world, it makes us feel distant. Sometimes people in the community do something to hurt or offend, and we feel the distance. There are other reasons, of course, and it would good, be good for us to be asking what this distance is about. Sometimes we find ourselves in the exact place of the people of God at the foot of Mount Sinai. We are certain, or at least have been told, that he loves us. But we don't have any idea how to get close. Our goal this morning, our hope here this morning, is that we don't settle for the distance. Let's jump straight to what you can do, what you can do to fight against the temptation to settle, settle for distance between you and God. There are practical, easy-to-apply things that fight coziness. There are things we can do that are anti-settling. For instance, just three. Phone a friend. Spend time with someone who is connected and close to Jesus. It helps in a way to move closer to Jesus. Enter scripture. Scripture is a story. So when we enter scripture, we enter the presence of God. We bridge the distance. And, preaching to the choir here, but enter the church, the small group, the family devotion time. Enter the space where God can be found. There are proctors practical steps that we can take instead of settling for distance. But there is more than just your effort. In the coolest of ways, the tabernacle tells us why we shouldn't settle for distance between us and God. The tabernacle is also great good news that God doesn't settle for distance and fear. He doesn't want to be the final word in your, in our relationship with him. Check this out. This is the good news. Exodus 25.8, God says, And let them make me a sanctuary that I might dwell in their midst. That I may dwell in their midst. We say that with me? That I may dwell in their midst. One more time. That I may dwell in their midst. It's gospel. The good news, God doesn't settle for distance and fear. He wants something else, something more. He wants to be close. He wants to be near. He wants to be with us, that I may dwell in their midst. It's the gospel. 
The good news, it's also the reason that we shouldn't settle for distance. Our relationship with God, he didn't settle. He set things up and arranged to be with us. So we respond by putting in some effort, trying to be with him, that I may dwell in their midst. It's good news, and he doesn't settle for distance. It moves us and stirs us up to action. God doesn't desire this as the truest expression of relationship with him. God doesn't want us to settle for this. God doesn't want and or settle for this. This is how he wants it. He wants to be with us. It's the good news that changed our lives, and we see it over and over again in Scripture. He wants to be with us. We actually see it over and over again just in the tabernacle. God commands the tabernacle to be built so he might dwell among us. The first thing you see when you enter the tabernacle is the altar. The altar was really just a gigantic fire pit. And on this fire pit, the animal sacrifices were made. And the animal sacrifices made someone clean, forgiven, holy. The altar is where atonement happened. God gives instructions in the exciting book of Leviticus for how atonement should happen. Leviticus 1.4. He the priest shall lay his hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. Leviticus 17, verse 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. Atonement brings two things together. It makes a way for two things that shouldn't be together to be together. God isn't saying, I want to be with you. He is making a way for it to happen. Making a way for your sin, your unholiness, your unworthiness to be dealt with so that you can be with God. The tabernacle reveals great and good news that God is with us. The altar reveals great good news that we can be with God. And one thing more in the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, is great news of good joy that God wants to be with us. When you enter the tabernacle, the first thing you see is the altar. Then past that, into the Holy of Holies, you find the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was basically a large box covered in gold, the large box contained the tablets that the Ten Commandments were written on, but even more significant, it was God's throne. Exodus 25:22. There I will meet with you, and from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim and on the ark of the testimony, I will speak with you about that 
All that I will give you in commandment for the people of Israel. The Ark of the Covenant emphasizes God's desire to be with us. Now, if you're feeling that distance, that separation from God, I want you to hear this. It's okay. It does happen. But I also want you to hear this. Don't settle for that distance. Don't let distance be the final word in your relationship with God. God hasn't desired and hasn't settled for distance since the beginning of time. You've heard Pastor Dave say this before, but in the Bible, they didn't bold, italicize, or underline things for emphasis. They couldn't. Those typing devices didn't exist. What they did to emphasize something was they repeated. They said it and said it again and said it again. From Genesis, Revelation, that we get the same message over and over that God wants to be with us. That's part of the beauty of this series or reading the whole Bible on your own. You walk away knowing what God desires, knowing that God desires to be with us. Genesis 1 tells us that God wants to be with us. God set things up for us to walk with him daily. God with us is emphasized in Genesis 5. The standout character in a long list of characters is Enoch, the one who walks with God. God with us is demonstrated in the life of Abraham. God promises to be with him. Tabernacle and temple are all about God with us. God says, that I may dwell among them. The altar is the tabernacle that you may be with me. The Ark of the Covenant is where I will be with you. Matthew 1, call the baby laid in a manger, Emmanuel, which means God with us. Matthew 28, surely I will be with you to the very end of the age. God doesn't settle for distance. He is with us. Let's be a people that don't settle for distance either. Let's be with him. Here's one last little trick. When you find yourself in the distance, don't want to be here place, maybe you could whisper or shout or proclaim the truth, God with us. God with us. God with us. Will you say it with me to close? Declare this for yourself. Declare this for us. God with us. God with us. God with us. Amen. Pray with me. Father, you are with us. You have always desired to be with us since the Garden of Eden. You have communicated your desire to be with us many times and in many ways. You sent Jesus to be God with us. Thank you. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for drawing close to us. Thank you for your love.